Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. As they say from the Truman Show, how are you, Matt Brevner, from the void in what's that, 4K, it looks like? Good good morning from the 4K BC void. We, we covered it all now. Exactly. <laughs> um, Wednesday today, thanks for everybody for watching and tuning in on rebelnews.com, Rumble, YouTube, Odyssey, and SuperU. Of course, as usual, we will do a few segments on the show that are YouTube safe because they are tyrants. And then we will move on to the safer planetary systems of the other alternate platforms where you can talk about real things. We'll also be <laughs> yeah, real life. Yeah, exactly. And like I'm I got the white background. It's a yin and the yang here. It looks like um, we'll take your paid chats on Rumble, Rumble Rants, Odyssey, Hyper Chats and Super U paid chats. We'll read them on air. Feel free to disagree, agree, question us, criticize us, ask us, you know. Why haven't you been doing this and why haven't you been doing that? And everything else you want to ask Matt Brevner about his hit song, More of Us. Upwards of 300,000 views, I think, on YouTube now, Matt Brevner. Give everybody an update on how it's been going with the song. Um, obviously, people should know by now that you weren't allowed to make ads for it on YouTube. Give everybody an update about yeah. everything that's happened with the song. It's... um. It's been spreading a lot further than I had imagined or could have hoped. And basically, all of the, the major uh, platforms have blocked any form of advertisement. And, you know, people may ask, well, what do you mean advertisement? Why would you advertise a song? Well, you that's basically how it works. It's like industry standard. That's how you, you get the word out there. Um, but, yeah, it's been it's been all of that's been blocked. And it's still been shared um, globally, which is just crazy crazy to me and super humbling and it's done a lot better than i than i could have imagined so um and all the all the kind messages from from uh people in the in the vancouver kind of freedom scene and even even globally it's just it's taken legs of its own so yeah it's been it's been quite a ride in the last couple of weeks i've heard that some politician in england or sorry not england in italy has been using your song at rallies i don't know if we can get a clip of that or if there is footage of that but this is what I've heard. Is this true? Do you what, do we know the guy's name or? Yeah, there's there's a live a live streaming uh, of it. His name is I'm probably gonna butcher this, but it's Gianluigi Paragone. So I'm sorry for butchering it, but he is a he's running for he's a prime ministerial candidate uh, in Italy. Uh, they have a, a federal election coming up very soon, and he's freedom minded against all of the the, the coercion and. Uh, and etc. of the things that we can't talk about on this platform, <laughs> but everyone, I'm assuming most people watching this show would be in agreement with. But uh, yeah, some somehow he caught wind of it, and he's been playing the song at his at his rallies and his events. And I've been getting all sorts of fans from Italy and new people, which is just so cool because it's just like yeah, it it helps. You know, it's living in Vancouver. It's very uh, it's very on board with everything that's happening right now. Uh, if in fact people, it seems are clamoring for more rules and regulation and, uh, hats on the head from our, our big brother. So it's, uh, you know, I get, I get a little bit of a reprieve because obviously being a rebel, I get to chat with my friends, you know, my fellow rebels, and we can just crack jokes about how crazy the world's get, getting on a daily basis. But a lot of people in Vancouver don't really have that rest. So it's nice to know that, you know, there's people outside of, you know, just our circle that feel this way. I mean, it's, I mean, that's obvious, but you know, the world likes to tell you that it's not that way. And, uh, 
you know, any screen you look at these days will tell you that it's not that way. So it's been very encouraging. Well, as we see there, Vancouver, British Columbia wanting to extend restrictions. We'll get to more later about the rest of the world moving on, it seems. I don't trust any of it, um, especially not the British government. But um, I, I think it's for election's sake. But we'll get to that more with Lewis Brackpool, who's going to join us in about 15 minutes' time. Our top story here, um, well, the first one we want to get to is about Jagmeet Singh, federal leader for the New Democratic Party here in Canada. Um <laughs> He got a sponsorship for a chair. Jagmeet Singh and his wife have realized their error will pay 1895 rocking chair gift, meaning a lawyer told them you can't do this, is my guess. So they got this fancy chair that cost $2,000, and they said, no, we don't want to pay for it. We'll just, you know, do a sponsored post, which is probably not something somebody who's trying to be prime minister should be doing. How I missed spend how I'm spending my time these days... I have a new partner spending time with. Um, that's probably not even a baby there. <laughs> it's probably a doll uh, for this photo op. Um, poor Jagmeet is what I want to say. Now, people who are familiar with Jagmeet in the political circles, I'm told that Jagmeet's not too serious of a guy, that he's a fun guy, and that he's not the, even that political, drives around in fancy cars. He, he's a he's a playboy is the word that we always hear used about Jagmeet, is that he just goes around in fancy cars, he's showing up to the parties, he's doing all that cool guy stuff. He showed up to a, a Ben Bankus um, comedy, stand-up comedy once. You can find that on his YouTube channel, on Ben's YouTube channel, where Jagmeet showed up to hear him make fun of him. So... I don't think Jagmeet's really that serious about everything. He sort of just goes with the wind. I always wonder, how does Jagmeet square his views with his faith? Now, I'm not about to tell somebody about how they should practice their religion, but there seems to be obvious things about socialism that and, um, you know, extreme progressivism that do not coincide, or they wouldn't seem like they'd be able to coexist with, you know, a, a conservative Sikh, just as they wouldn't, coexist with a conservative Muslim or Christian, that being like, you know, transgenderism and basically communism. And I, I've never seen anybody question him on that, and I'd like to hear his answers on that. Any thoughts on a federal leader taking sponsorships like this, Matt? Well, I, the first thing I thought when I read the article, was, it was just kind of funny because it's like, yeah, Jugmead and his wife, they're social media influencers. They're not politicians. Like, so obviously they're going to take a $2,000 chair and, and like, if you're going to post something, you're going to not forget to tag the person who gave you the chair. So I think it's just, it's just like an interesting moment. It's like a gotcha moment because it's kind of like technology and contemporary, uh, the, the contemporary puppet show popularity contest of politics, you know, colliding with the old guard. Cause if you, re if you read down on the CDBC article, it says, well, if he's found guilty of taking gifts that he's not supposed to take it's a 500 dollars fine it's like well the chair mm. is 1800 bucks so, so how often does that happen you know but it's just like yeah if someone gives you a gift you know 10 years ago they didn't have instagram to tag people for you know for their gifts but i mean yeah he's a social media influencer so what else would we expect at least he's being transparent you know we, we don't get to see who's paying for uh, lobbying for what other whatever other initiatives are being forced upon us as sound and reasonable but really are just sponsored posts you know, sponsored bills, sponsored initiatives. So at least this way we know. But uh, for me, I just thought it was kind of funny. I, I honestly don't really see the problem with it. Because, I mean, I, I understand politics. You know, they've gotten to a, a pay to play. 
you know, it's all pay to play anyway. So at least it's like, well, yeah, man, nice chair. At least, you know, you're transparent. Well, I don't think he really wants to be a, a real politician in the sense, like, you're right, he's a social media media influencer the same way AOC. I don't think AOC gets on Instagram Live to talk to people in the t terms of informing them of policy. She gets on there because she likes the attention. I mean, she's a theater person from college, uh, the same way Justin Trudeau is. They didn't really get in. I don't think they got into this stuff to change the world. They just got into it because it's a good thing to do and it makes them look good and feel good. Justin Trudeau was a teacher and, you know, he's basically gifted this position as the leader of a party. AOC was a bartender and she's gifted this position of running for uh, Congress. And uh, if you're familiar with the backstory of AOC, she used to have this guy that wrote all her policy for her. And this guy was part of a team where they went out and they looked for a person to be their talking head. And AOC basically won the role. Uh, for lack of a better term, she yeah. was the person they chose to become the speaker of their ideas. And he was her um, policy writer. I believe he wrote speeches as well. He helped her do the Green New Deal, which, of course, was a colossal failure because it's terrible. Probably would pass in Canada. <laughs> Having said that, um, once he left her, she pretty much did away with any uh, any real ideas. I don't think AOC does really anything anymore other than be a, a talking head trying to say everybody wants to sleep with her and she's a celebrity and um, she doesn't really do anything politically, so to speak. She had her sit in like stupid stuff like that. But my point is she can't come up with anything on her own without this guy. I don't think Jag Meat's coming up with anything on his own at all. I can't remember the last idea he had other than during the lockdowns. He said more lockdowns, stricter lockdowns, more government money being yeah. shelled out. Jag Meat's never going to win. NDP I don't think he wants to. You know, like why win? He's in a, he's in a perfect situation right now, right? He's he's minority leader. He can just inform policy. He can make all of these promises, which are just further left of what the liberals can do, without any sort of responsibility or liability or or uh, culpability, because he'll never be in office. He'll never be able to do it. So he can just say, "Hey, the liberals are doing it wrong. We would be more progressive. We would give you more money." Etc. 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 And then yeah. younger people are like, yeah, yeah, he's great, but he's never, ever, ever going to win. So he's never going to be accountable to his ideas. It's actually brilliant, you know. Because if he want, so. if they want any more seats, if they want any more seats, they're actually a threat. And then who knows? Maybe that house, house of cards would crumble. But it's just I don't weird know. to me that none of these people have to be responsible in their parties for <laughs> constantly losing. Like they constantly yeah. lose. Democrats constantly lose, and they're they fall upwards somehow. Um, you, you can like Kamala Harris; she couldn't make it past the first oh. round of the primaries, elevated to vice president for no reason. Stuff like that. Um, Stacey Abrams in Georgia lost; never accepted her loss. They elevate her. Beto O'Rourke; they elevate the losers who are the most crazy, and then they do the George Soros thing, which is have an even crazier person run against them. So either you get the crazier person you want or by juxtaposition, you make the other person that you already put in seem less insane, which is a shifting over the Overton window that happens a lot in Canada. It happened the last two years where the conservative party, whether they were like this before, but they certainly now have cemented themselves as, you know, liberal light or conservative light, whichever way you want to put it where 95% of their policies are the same. But, um, no, you better not add too many guns to that gun ban list 
I, I don't see any other thing that the conservative party actually stands for that's different from the liberals. But I digress. Uh, speaking of how bad Canada is, we've got a misery index that we've ranked on, and we're pretty high up on it, I believe. Um, it's from the Fraser Institute, and that's a conservative-leaning... Um, is it, would we call it a think tank producer, Andrew? We would, producer Andrew. Yeah, there's so many Andrews here. If you didn't know, there's also a third Andrew that works at the office. Um, the misery index returns from the Fraser Institute. I don't know if that graph is actually indicative of something or just a graphic. The misery index, a combination of inflation and unemployment rates created by economist Arthur Oaken, is resurfacing as a measure of interest across developed countries as inflation rates increase and unemployment remains relatively high. Canada suffered from inflation rates that were routinely above 4% up until 1992, when the Bank of Canada was finally able to bring the inflation under control. Canadians have enjoyed low inflation rates um, up to 2020 and 2021, increased markedly, and are expected to remain at their current level through this year. Many argue current inflation rates are transitory, meaning that they are short-term in nature, which of course they are not. And the highlighted part down here is this results in Canada having the sixth worst misery index score. Even the word misery index is sad. Um, 35 countries and we're sixth worth. Is there anywhere where we can find the full list of countries? I'd like to see who we're worse off than. Um, transitory um, inflation, Matt Brevner. It's the same thing they always say when they want you to not be worried about losing all your money. Oh, it's just how the global economy works. There's ebbs and flows. There's bound to be recessions and bounce backs. Um, but I say, if you have better policy, this is less likely to happen. Now, they'll still go ahead, and they've done this, and say that their employment rates are the highest they've ever been, the highest job creation there's ever been, which, of course, after you eliminate tons of jobs, you're going to get a high rebate. Uh, an average uh, amount of creation is going to look much better than, uh, than it would have been previously. But I am not for this whole story about how, you know, it just this is just how it happens. The housing market just crashes, you know, inflation just rises all the time. And here we are. And we'll get your thoughts on this, Matt. Uh, Spain, Greece, Italy, Iceland is miserable, Sweden. I thought Scandinavia was supposed to be the best place in the world. Yeah, I thought... isn't that what we're trying to be? Isn't that what we're modeling all of our policies after? Isn't that what the United States is aspiring to be? I think the misery index, it doesn't, uh, the numbers that are contributing to the misery index do not necessarily equate to real life what it's like to be a 20 something, 30 something, 40 something in a major city in Canada. But something that is accurate about that is the name misery index. If you speak to a lot of people around our age in Canada, they're quite miserable. <laughs> Whether they're vaccinated or not vaccinated or whatever else, never mind government overreach. It's basically impossible to buy a house. Like I, I read on the in the Calgary housing market currently because it's it's on fire because people from uh, BC and Toronto can't afford to buy in BC and Toronto or Ontario, so they're taking all of this cheap money and they're going to Alberta because taxes are lower. There's lots of job creation, but apparently Alberta currently the Calgary market only has and someone can maybe update this in the comments but a half month's inventory currently. Now to put this in perspective, a, a typical housing market would have between eight months and a year of inventory. So for a bidding wars to be going on in Calgary, which has been traditionally over the last 20 years, a, a, a highly recessed market, like that's, that's legitimately a housing crisis, not just as like a buzzword, it's legitimately a housing crisis. And that's in Calgary. 
And, you know, with, with us bringing in 400,000 uh, immigrants, which I think is great, but you can't just like, you can't be daft to how that's going to further affect the economy and the, and the housing market. It's very strange. Tiff Macklem from the, the Fed has basically backed us into this corner where we've been hyperinflating, printing money like crazy with quantitative easing over the pandemic. And now it's kind of like the gas pedal is broken because once you raise the gas pedal or even raise basis points, you know, three points, there's going to be mass layoffs in the corporate sector. People are going to lose their homes. So we almost have to keep printing money, keep printing money, keep printing money. And it's like, I don't know how this ends or how this stops, but it's not looking good, guys. It's really not. <laughs> that's, uh, that's one way to put it, not looking good. I I would like to see something different than our mass immigration influx that happens every single year. Another thing conservatives don't have a different opinion on. Um, people will say, oh, we need it because our economy needs to grow and our negative population growth. But I say, let it happen with just far less. I'm thinking, I mean, me, I'd go with zero. It, not like absolute zero, but take it down to a point where it's only people who are working, that sort of thing, um, as opposed to this mass influx every year. Why? Because I think uh, wages will go up. I think cost of living will go down. I think uh, job availability will go up. And I think there is a whole whack of things that we've never tried that I think that are worth trying in a time where our country has no money and there doesn't seem to be any way out of it. Try the thing that might create better job uh a, a better job market and higher wages and let's see if it works for a couple of years now having said that there is also the problem of people not wanting to work much bigger problem in america than what we see here but there are places in america right now where you can get paid 18 dollars to work at a fast food restaurant or walmart and the cost of living is still much lower than it is here I know uh, writer Dave likes to talk about Knox, Tennessee, because that's where the wrestler Kane is the mayor of, if you recall him. And then there's places in Texas as well, getting paid $18 an hour to, to do an entry-level job because there aren't enough people to work. Why is there not enough people to work? Because they pay them to sit at home. Now, do we do people deserve to be paid to sit at home because they're they were locked down? Maybe if the government's going to take your money anyway, you might as well get some of it back. Sure, but in places like these in the United States where they aren't locked down any longer, but they still can collect, excuse me, the federal subsidy, we'll call it a subsidy of, you know, the COVID dollars, whatever. I forget what they called it in the uh, stimulus checks they call it in the United States, where they're still able to collect these things federally. They don't want to go back to work. And it's a big problem. Now in Canada, I'm sure that's a thing too. There are lots of low level jobs, but instead of getting people to increase the wages, um, at these at these uh, locations, they want to artificially heighten the minimum wage for the people who are already working there. And then what do you end up with? You end up with automated machines at Walmart. You end up with uh, automated kiosks at McDonald's and all this stuff that doesn't create actual new jobs for people. You raise the bottom line for the uh, the companies of people who are already working there. And then you flood it in with, you know, immigrants who may or may not have a job to go to because it's already been taken by a machine or another person. So where do these people go? I don't know. Justin Trudeau's immigration policy is stolen from his father. His father changed it around uh, way back in the day where he changed it. He said there's too many European immigrants coming. It was like 70, 30, I believe. 
and he didn't even it out. He just reversed it. So it's way more from poorer countries. So I don't know how that's fair and equal. It seems more like a revenge tactic, which is a very progressive thing to do. But my point is that the immigration's um, policies that we have right now clearly do not work. We have uh, cultural pockets uh, for better or for worse, where people don't interact that much. You go to places in Toronto where the signs are in Chinese, they're in Mandarin, which is fine if you want to have that as a, a sign on the side. But when your main thing, like that's where I'm with Quebec on that one, like your main sign is in a different language that isn't an official language here, um, it starts to be really odd. And I'm not for, you know, cultural and ethnic enclaves. I don't happen to care if my neighbor is, you know, Chinese or black or white. It's just that it creates these pockets of division. Now, all of a sudden you have one section where it's just like you have only Sikh candidates or another section. Where you only have only Chinese candidates for government or you only have this, that and the other. I don't like things being based on ethnic, cultural religions when we're supposed to live in a country that isn't supposed to be represented that way. And I think the immigration policy creates this problem inherently. Because we never, you know, we never say, you're moving to the Arctic if you want to come to this country. You're going to none of it, and you're going to make that place prosper. No, it's flood everybody into one place, you know, drive properties way up, and it's all in, like, the GTA and the greater Vancouver area. And now that people are being forced to flee somewhere, they're going to Calgary, and it sounds like making it worse. I mean, yeah. from an economic standpoint. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. I don't really have an, I can't speak on the American situation. I don't know enough about it. As for the Canadian situation, I'm not beyond correction, but it's something, it doesn't make sense to me how if our medical system or healthcare system is so strained that we need to literally chastise people and berate them to avoid them from potentially getting sick. Okay. So we're going to bring in 400,000 non-skilled workers and that's going to make the situation better. Or if we have like a half month's inventory and housing in major markets, okay, well, so where are these people going to live? You know, we, we can't get people back to work for low paying jobs, like entry level jobs, like food sector, for example, because we're paying them CERB and now they don't want to work. And so, oh, well, just raise minimum wage. So they want to work. Okay. Well then restaurants have to raise their expenses. And then ultimately us who are you know, we all took what was it a, a four to seven percent pay cut because of inflation over this last year. The buck just gets passed back to us anyway. So, like, where does this all of all of it's like these things all sound pretty, but they're short sighted. I find uh, that's very, that's my opinion. It's very disappointed to see a working class of people that being Canadians, forty, fifty, and over, who worked their whole lives and now they don't seem to notice like everything slipping away that was around that they had the benefit of being around when they were younger. And they're just saying, no, govern us more. And of course it's not everybody, but it's govern us more. Um, you know, we're, we're all in this together. Meanwhile, <clears throat> everything gets slowly ruined inflation. Nobody's buying new houses. They're, they bring in pe uh, pe foreign investors and they say, Oh, now there's a problem. It's like this weird parallelism where like, I disagree with everything the media says and, all these politicians lie to me, but then you close the door and you open it on the other side. And it's like, oh, these politicians care about me. Oh, these media companies actually care about me and are telling them the truth. They wouldn't lie to me about this. And I, I just wonder, like, you ever see the see something where somebody, it's a person who doesn't believe the media or anything, but then they send you a, a post from, you know, guy talking to his phone says he has a military contact that, that, that says they're killing people with 5G, which is a, a segment we're going to get to. And it's like, you don't trust anything, but you 
trust random guy who has no actual sources. It's a very <laughs> it's a big problem I see. And when people talk about like boomerism, it's not the actual age group. It's the mindset of, you know, some politician's going to rescue me and this is all just going to work itself out in some sort of like libertarian sense of, you know, we don't actually have to do anything. We just have to, you know, speak loudly and things are going to change. Whereas like, you know, it's still going to be this. You're still getting Doug Ford to win this uh, right. this <laughs> this summer. I think you have to be very uh, desperate and afraid to still trust the institutions. I think across the board. Trumpism kind of exposed the, the frailty of the institutions and public trust in that. And, and the pandemic season globally, I think, just hammered that home for everybody. But uh, speaking of which, I think we have our, our mate, Louis Brackpool, across the pond. I want to know more about these uh, pandemic measures going on over on that side and mm -hmm. see how he feels about all this. We got him on the line, right? Do we want to cut away from YouTube before we join? Oh, God, he's here already. Oh, <laughs> he's here already. I'm here already, mate. Oh, what time is it there? 5.30, Lewis? It is. It is 5.23 on the dot. And what's the exact <laughs> town or city you're in? Uh, I am in Arundel, it is called. Uh, it's a nice southern coast part of England, so um, pretty out of the way from metropolitan London, so that's quite nice. I think that's actually a place from Lord of the Rings, but I won't press you on that. Uh, <laughs> Lewis, we're getting a lot of word that uh, England and uh, Scotland now are removing restrictions. I believe in England it's called Plan A, uh, which which is a weird thing. We're going back to Plan A, the first plan. But give us an update on how everything's going there. We've got this uh, article by you, Mask Mandates Vaccine yes. Passports to End in England. Uh, give the people what they want to hear. Sure. Um so Boris has announced that he is scrapping Plan B, uh, which the measures include uh, forced mask mandates on public transport and uh, restaurants and shops, et cetera, et cetera. He's also removing the requirement of a vaccine passport, um, which is, is interesting. And he's also talking about <clears throat> just removing this stay at home uh, for work um, uh, legislation as well which I find interesting because <laughs> the one thing that we have been campaigning as well about is, of course, the, the national health um, uh, sector. And that's, of course, the workers and the care workers that are being forced to take a vaccine. And if you, if you do not comply with that, you lose your job. So there's nothing about removing that, uh, unfortunately. I mean, not to, of course... Um, dampen it down. I think, I think it's great news. Um, I think it's a small bit of good news. Um, but how I see it, um, I don't know if you know much about what's been going on with Boris, but he's been losing a lot of Tories in his, his cabinet recently. Uh, they revolted against the, uh, the vaccine passports, where a lot of his backbenchers went against him and uh, voted uh, to be against a lot of the measures that he's put in place. And because he's lost a lot of uh, votes of confidence in the polls, um, it seems as though that this has been pushed out as a, to try and win back his backbenchers almost. So I don't know, you can take that in, in one of two ways. You can take it as it's a form of desperation that, you know, you can see him slipping in the polls. You can see he's, he's not doing very well. He's not got the public on his side almost. Um, and it's sort of a, an act to sort of get everyone together uh, again and try and unite his party because we've had some defectors. Uh, a lot of people are planning to defect as well. Sources have told me, apparently, um, but take that as you will. 
And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's an act of a kind of act of a little celebration, but there's still lots of work to be done. Two questions for you, Lewis, then I'll turn it over to Matt Brevner here. First of all, what kind of numbers are you talking about when you say some of the backbenchers turned on him? How many how many people, um, how many seats do they have versus how many people who are voting against this? And then my second question is, why do you think he's doing it? Is it just because, you know, the polls are turning on him, his, pol uh, his uh, political partners are turning on him? Or do you think it's, you know, some sort of different plan where you're just going to end up being locked down again? Sure. So firstly, with the vaccine passports, when the vote came through in December time, um, Boris had a vote where 126 Tory voters went against his plan of the vaccine passports, which is a huge number. And then after pushing that through, he lost a lot of confidence within his party. Uh, there have been over 56, I believe, from what I saw last night that put a letter through of no confidence, and that showed that he's not destined to, to lead the party anymore. He, they've lost the confidence in him. Um, I believe it's a big majority government for the uh, the Conservative Party anyway, with uh, with a lot of members, over 300, I believe, uh, whilst Labour um, has over 200, or I think just a little bit less. Um, so even though it doesn't sound like much, you think I think you need over about 15% um, to sign a letter of no confidence for that to go through. So it's it's kind of, I think he's going to contest that as well, which I think is very important um, because it shows that he's not willing to back down, uh, which is very interesting um, to say the least. But uh, what was your what was your second question again, Andrew? That, Sorry about that. Do you think that. this is because of polling and because of turmoil in the party? Or do you think that, you know, it's one of those situations where we're going to see these restrictions pulled back only for whatever powers that be to reinforce them in, you know, two months time. Do you think this is a, just a political move? I think it's political theater mostly. Um, I think look, all the, all the scandals coming out about them, you know, having Christmas parties and parties all the way around um, the year when the restrictions were so high and people couldn't see uh, family members. I mean, Personally, I think it's, it's one big distraction now to talk about it because, you know, it's a year later from now and that's all they want to bring up in the news now. So, but I think, yeah, it's, it's political theatre, how I see it. Uh, some moves there from Boris, as you can see. Um, but yeah, I think it's majority political theatre. I think he he's really losing the vote with his own party. I think his, his party and him are in a massive part of turmoil at the minute. So I think... <clears throat> It's his way of trying to win back um, these backbenchers. I don't think they could have done this a while ago now uh, when they found out that Omicron was mild and uh, all the facts and figures around Omicron. They could have done that easily, but clearly he's chosen not to. And he's, he's only doing it now because the polls are not in favor of him. Um, and all of a sudden, he could possibly be out the door. So it only speaks sense in my mind that he's he's it's an it's an act of desperation is how I see it. Matt, I could be wrong. Though. Was there anything mentioned? Was there anything mentioned about international travel? In uh, as far as I'm aware, I think they the only thing that they they mentioned as well is is a hint on scrapping um, self isolation. Um, so if you test positive and you self isolate, but that's. I think they're looking to either renew it or not renew it in March, but he's hinted on not renewing it. 
Um, but obviously hinting, you know, what's what's that to go by? You know, we've seen how um, governments have worked, not only in England or the UK and Canada as well. Uh, a lot of U-turning, a lot of back and forth. So I can't take that. You have to take that with a massive pinch of salt. Uh, for traveling, um, I'm not 100% sure. So I best not make any any claims just in case the fact checkers uh, get on to me and start calling me out. <laughs> it seems people are so desperate for a sense of normality that a politician can even allude to, hey, maybe things will kind of go back to sort of normal one day, still trust me, and that might be enough mm. for, for people. Well, this you know, is it. it. This is uh, it. Things... It's, it's an act of desperation. It, that's how I see we it had anyway. An it's an act of desperation. Yeah. Um, we had an opportunity, like you said, with Omicron to, uh, mm. to at least pump the brakes a little bit, but it seems that the opposite is happening. At least in Canada, it's, it's been very troubling to see what's been going on but i appreciate the insight from the uk all right yeah i think it's time um, for us to pull sorry lewis we need to pull away from youtube we've right. given them too much um oh but right <laughs> we want you to stick around though because we want to ask you about your late one of your latest videos and of course what really happened with princess diana so let's bring up the uh, <laughs> rebelnewsstore.com while we transition away from youtube you can always go to Rebel News. Wow, really, that's how you offend an English person right there. <laughs> a rebelnewsstore.com is uh, where you can get shirts like that, one of our best sellers, Stars in His Eyes. My favorite toque or beanie, whatever you call them in England. I'm not sure. Um, Australian, <laughs> Australian closed. I'm not even sure what that means. Um, but if you want to join us on the other platforms, rebelnews.com slash live streams, you can find the latest link. We're going over to Rumble Super U and Odyssey. You can read your paid chats on air there. Lewis is dying right now. I'm not sure why. I don't know. Is that I a steering wheel in front of you, by the way? Sense. It is a steering wheel? What is it? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, I do like uh, I do like the odd driving game, mate. So that's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh, that's and we're fine. about to I just talk about dating sure as well, was. so that's not going to help. <laughs> I think if you just use your whole computer using the steering wheel app, that'll be a lot more fun for you. So <laughs> it's how I do on. my work so efficiently. <laughs> it's like those, Matt, you're probably old enough to remember, just like me, those old, everybody's like older brother had one of those mouses where it was actually an orb, and you use that one. Mm. Producer AD probably knows that one too. Just like the... The most intricate, if you've never used one, it's the worst thing ever, but it's like an orb, an evil red orb that you use to navigate your computer. I hated it, frankly, but it seemed like everybody had an older brother or relative or something who had one of those. So I'm thinking... Something tells me that uh, writer Dave probably still has one of those. I just have a feeling. I don't, tells me. I don't know if he does. It's hard to get <laughs> Dave to do anything other than what he wants to do. Like uh, eat anything <laughs> other than potatoes, you know? Um so Lewis's latest video is about him dating, I think. I, that's what I'm gathering from the thumbnail. Can we bring up the thumbnail, please? Um, that's Dog Lover highlighted. I dog Lover. Saw there. A, I don't know what that was. Um, but if we bring up Lewis's yeah. latest video about, I think, conservatives and dating apps, um, the thumbnail has two pictures of Lewis's face, which tells me Lewis is swiping right until he's gets to himself and matches with himself <laughs> not as inclusive as you think is the uh title here lewis you want to tell us what it's about and then maybe you can queue up like a minute or two from it so people can get teased on it 
Yeah, no worries. Um, so dating apps, pretty, uh, pretty strange. Uh, it's pretty strange apps, really. Um, so dating very controversial. apps. Let me tell you what those are. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Back to dog lover, vegan. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, Lewis. So that's all right. Yeah. So what what happens is in this in this report is I dissect three of the biggest dating apps uh, and go through uh, the setup of it. And uh, it shows you the ins and outs of, you know, creating, customizing your profile. And I go through all um, of these options. And, of course, it's very geared now towards uh, hyper-politicization of not only COVID, um, but also um, a lot of dogmatic left-wing talking points uh, where you can have your interest, um, your interest, weirdly, as uh, empathy and things like Black Lives Matter. And, yeah, for example... As well, there are ads on Tinder when you're swiping through to find your compatible mate, um, where it's, it's, it encourages to to not go out and meet on their first date and things like have like video chats That's instead. And there was another one after this actually. I don't know if the producer can play a little bit, and then it will come up um, in a bit. But it shows an ad saying "Be a hero, wear a mask." <laughs> so do your which video so dating funny. with a mask on, which is obviously we all know. <laughs> As soon as you open up video chats to something that men can do, it's just going to be naked dudes on it. That's all. The only thing that's going to be on there is naked dudes. We all know this. All say it. men are disgusted in that sense. Lewis, what was that? One of the things it had on there was MBTI. What was that for? That was one of the categories you can fill out. If we scroll I think it's a Myers Briggs personality type. I believe. Oh, I think great. that's been floating about. Uh, do you, have you heard about that? I, I'm sure I have. I have. I'm a campaigner. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's just, it's a strange sort of test you make to find out what sort of personality you are. And it's another way to virtue signal by putting that onto your profile and saying how much of an asshole you are, or how great you are. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just one of them. Um, and I think the producer teased as well. You have stickers that you can put. Yeah. That's the Myers-Briggs. Um, yeah. It's a long test that, that describes your life. personality. Yeah. A lot of people on there wearing masks, Lewis, on these apps. Um, yeah, a couple of people are actually. It's I mean, it's the designer mask, so you can get like a Nike one mm. uh, whilst they fire health, uh, for whilst they fire their own staff, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, you got lots of the the people uh, just just wearing designer masks and things like that, which you know it's just pretty laughable, really. Um, but you can put stickers. I don't know if the producer can can show that as well. But there's stickers that you can put on your profile. Uh, things like get vaccinated, um, <laughs> uh, in, like stay immune, and like oh, I don't know. It's just mental stuff like that. And it's just a way that you can beef up your 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 virtue on your own profile, which um, which is very very laughable. Very important stuff there, Matt. You've probably never been on a depth. dating app, have you? You've or have you been no. in? You've been, yeah, you've been in a relationship no. a long time. So we're not going to see any Tinder shots of Matt with his braids and grill. <laughs> <laughs> These oh, things have dude, so many man. questions. Like, what's the point of a first date? It's like it's so in depth. Yeah. You know? Like, you literally know everything about the person before you meet them on a date. It kind of takes the fun out of it. But I guess everybody's the same these days. You know, if you step out of line to OnlyFans is my yeah. guess. How long until <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, on my way? Like, do you want to go out with me? Consider donating to my OnlyFans. 
as the world burns. Lewis, I have, us. A, I have a question for you, Lewis. So oh, are, there, are there candidates on, on Tinder or Bumble or whatever else uh, with masks? Do you find them more attractive? <laughs> uh, let me think about that one. Uh, no <laughs> is the answer to that. Um, definitely not. Um, I just think that you're you're almost sort of weak-minded in that sense. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, uh, it's just, I saw attractive. that study. What's the study, yeah. though? And I'm, By I'm hiding ashamed. the ugly parts of your face, the people then think <laughs> you're more attractive? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that makes exactly. sense. Kind of an ugly this guy, cap, and then you wear a mask. He would definitely look better with Yeah, a mask. that's why this guy's like, oh, I think actually, I don't know what a Welsh accent sounds like. It's been They came to our high school as part of a student exchange. I never heard their accent. Actually, I've studied that if I wear a mask, I'm much more attractive. Yeah, wear your mask outside. Does anybody else, I'm sure our viewers feel the same way when they're driving down the street and there's a guy with a mask off and you just see like, yeah, wear your mask, buddy. Wear your mask in your car. It's doing lots. Saw a guy mask up shoveling snow today on the way to work. It's like, what is somebody going to walk by you briskly and brush the air of coronavirus into your face while you're shoveling and sweating? Like, come on. To be honest with you guys, when I see someone wearing a mask outside or in their car or whatever else, it's actually like kind of terrifying. Like I'm very concerned about like their mental stability and like Black I need to avoid the person, not because of COVID, but because they might, you know, call the mask, the mask Gestapo on me or something. I don't know. It's, well, stick, 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 when I like wear that. me mask, nobody can see <laughs> me mug. No, I'm I'm running out of speech to use. Oh, I think it's actually beneficiary to wear me mask at all times of the day when I'm making love to me wife when I when I be showering. <laughs> Even when I'm walking the dog. some sort of Cockney, Cockney character to you over in England. There's no, there's no, there's no accent changes. Everyone's a Cockney. Just well, over it. We could it. be like this, Lewis. We yes, could we be could a bit be more like, like David Beckham. I thought that actually when I was kicking the ball, that I'd make it a 33 degree turn instead of the usual 45 degree turn. That way, the keeper wouldn't be able to stop it on the pitch. See, um, I do want, I do a, a Canadian one back, but. I think it would be very embarrassing. So I think no, you do that, it. Mate. So you I sent me a that. voice note for the audience. He sent me a voice note in a Canadian accent the other day. It was pretty good. You lost it a bit at the end, but I'd, I'd like to hear it. That's because that's because I, I was saying a boot because you guys say a boot, don't you? Instead of about. I say about on the on the far east coast. We do. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay, Lewis. Yeah. He's just making fun of you for two reasons. One, because he loves you, and two, you're white, so he gets to get away with that. That's it. What? <laughs> you know? yeah. I feel like I can't be mean to Matt Brevner because you know he's a complex being. He yeah. wishes me the best. He's like the brother that I always wanted from the West Coast. You know, where Lewis is just uh... like, oh, he's Lewis. He's just here for a good time. No, I do love That's you, it, Lewis. Mate. Um, let's. Aww. Move on to the CBC because we hate them. Actually, we did. We put 5G in the title, didn't we? We should talk about that. We did. Um, we should talk about that. This will be hilarity on all fronts. But um, so many conspiracies with 5G over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Whether you, whether you go back to Alex Jones, Jesse Ventura, a Joe Rogan sci-fi show he had for a while. But 5G stuff is actually appearing to mess up some planes and they weren't really prepared for it. I know Jack Posobiec was talking about it. What can we pull up from this producer? Major U.S. airlines, this looks like Reuters. I know their stylization. 
major U.S. airlines could warn or warn, excuse me, 5G could ground some planes and wreak havoc. Chief executives of major U.S. passenger and cargo carriers on Monday warned of impending catastrophic aviation crisis in less than 36 hours (laughs) when AT&T Verizon are set to deploy new 5G services. Now, the chat's going to say, we told you so. But I'm going to say a lot of people didn't think that the, that uh, cell phone signals would disrupt planes. I'm the type of person when they say on a plane, please turn off your phone. I mean, ah, no, is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> couldn't possibly do anything. But turns out I may have grounded a few planes in my time. Uh, it didn't actually happen. <laughs> what um, what else can we talk about this? How you, have you guys read into this a lot? More than 1,100 flights and 100,000 passengers would be subjected to cancellations, diversions, or delays. Well, that's awesome, considering there's also a trucker strike going on simultaneously. So let's just a full stop supply shortage. <laughs> I like oh, it. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, I'm stocked up. I don't I know think... about you guys, but I got I have many, many boxes of ramen. <laughs> I will be fine. <laughs> Lewis has the Heinz beans, I believe. I do. I've stocked that up, ready to go. That and some mushy peas, mate. Sorted. Uh, beans on toast. Um, I prefer... Now, the old 5G conspiracy used to be that they were using it to disrupt people by way of, you know, sending signals into their head. It was usually people that claimed they'd seen UFOs and then they build these towers near their houses. I, I think this was on the Joe Rogan sci-fi show where the 5G signal is burning the, their feet and giving them headaches and all sorts of stuff. And it was basically, you know, CIA targeted. That was the old conspiracy. Now I think what it is, and the producer had to explain this to me, that some sort of graphene, and remember, this is not my uh, this is not my theory, some sort of graphene injection, and then it is being magnetized by the 5G towers to do what, Lewis Brackpool? I'm going to plead ignorance on this. I... <laughs> 5G has never been the the topic that I've sort of paid much attention to. If I'm totally honest, you you hear it. I hear it around in this topic in uh in circles, and um, I've been to a lot of the protests recently, and you know people start going, yeah, yeah, the 5G towers, mate, yeah, yeah, and you're like, <laughs> can we just stick with vaccine passports? Do you mind? Um, you got to so dig deeper, I'm, man. I'm, rain it in, rain it in. <laughs> yeah. Gotta dig deeper, but I've never, I've never. I'm sorry, I'm I'm pleading a bit ignorant here, but I've I've never properly looked into it. Um, but it's 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 astonishing that now uh, a, a publication such as Reuters would publish something like that, um, because that's not your you know your daily skeptic uh, sort of post. Mm-hmm. It's it's Reuters. It's out there. I mean, they're pretty. They they have some biases, of course, but you know that's as close as you can get really to some sort of um new news that is that is really really um unfact-checkable if if that's even a word um we're gonna do you know what i mean wrong in like six months i'm sure and it's like people probably are start exploding from this graphene stuff after years of 5g <laughs> hype and investment wednesday's network launch makes makes it real and you've probably seen these towers i have i did not realize that they were inactive because 90 million people will get access to 5g service this month at&t said it plans to cover as many as 75 million people this sounds like what if this is really just Here's the tinfoil hat, and I wish we had a plastic one to put on. 
what if this is just to talk about how much reach Verizon and AT&T have? Because both of these articles now are said Verizon and AT&T will be servicing 75 million people with pristine coverage across the nation. You won't drop any services. <laughs> Sign up today. <laughs> but no, if it's going to ground a lot of planes and we've already got the truckers um, blocking highways, I know that's happening in Canada. Some people wanted us to cover it more. We can go up and uh, throw some more videos of the truckers happening. You know, you've also got the the boats being stopped, the ships being stopped on the west coast of the U.S. Obviously, the United States, it appears to be hit way harder in terms of supply chain than we are. I don't know why that is, but it seems like there's way more empty shelves in the United States than there is here. Lewis, how have you seen any of that in the U.K.? Is that a story that's happening there? Because we see a lot about it from certain U.S. states. Not so much here, though. Hmm. I think... Um... I know that the the most one of the most controversial figures um, in the UK, Piers Corbyn, who I've interviewed a few times, mm-hmm. does talk a lot about the the five G um, stuff and how he's taken down a tower before, <laughs> um, right? But um, I'll be honest, I'm I'm going to be pretty bad at this. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to five G because well, is there any it's, uh, it's, it's, food shortages there? Is what I was kind of asking. Uh, food shortage, uh, supply chain um, issues. As far as I'm aware, I'm not. I'm not. Pretty I, much. I was yeah. always suspicious as to why electronics got released quicker in the UK than North America. We're closer <laughs> to Japan. Phones, game systems, conspiracy, right there. Um, Kyrie <laughs> Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, who is the famously unvaccinated individual, they didn't want to play him. Um, they hilariously had to put a bunch of players in uh, COVID protocol, which of course meant nothing because even if they're non-symptomatic or asymptomatic, they would still put them in quarantine if they had a positive test, which we know doesn't work half the time. So there's that. Um, but they forced to bring him back. Now he's playing. He's being a nice guy. He doesn't talk about it. He wears a mask in the press conference. I think he's only allowed to play in games that are in different places other than New York because they don't have a mandate in these other places. And I and hope can we play this video? And I think it's a minute and a half. They just won't stop asking him about it. And he like he pleads with them. And of course they don't get it. Let's play this. Volume, please. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, want to know if you're going to play at home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Basketball fans, like they're they're yeah, but this is like that's what I'm saying. You're bringing like my vaccination status into a basketball game, and it's like I live my life majority of the time when I'm away from this. So when I say I'm not getting vaccinated, I'm making a choice with my life. Somehow it gets like mixed into well, what about the basketball? So it's like no, bro. Like we live in a real world. This is this is great to be able to do this. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I love being with my teammates. I love playing on the Mets. But I've already been away enough time to think about this, to process it to be able to make this decision, stand strong, understand that people are going to agree and some people are going to disagree. The circumstances that are at hand, I'm praying that they get changed and we're able to do things differently. And that's not just for me. That's for all those that are dealing with unvaccinated, being unvaccinated and getting fired from work on a day-to-day basis. It's not just about me. That's what I, that's my, been my message this whole time. So though I feel your, your feeling and emotion for asking that question, it's just like sometimes it, gets, it feels a little disrespectful. Like I'm not just a basketball player, bro. I'm not. Millions of fans, I appreciate all of it, but it's not just about the game. But you're one of the most famous unvaccinated people <laughs> in the country. That, that sounds crazy to me. But that's, that's the reality. You are one of the most famous people 
in the country. Those but I'm not the only one. No, you're not. I'm just That's what I'm saying. Fame is, fame is socially created, bro. I'm not. I hear what you're saying, but I got to go to Grady's question. Like being the most famous unvaccinated player, what does that even mean? Well, I don't even know what that means in my life. Play at home. I think that's why there's so much frustration. I respect that, bro. I respect yeah, that. We're going to move on. Thanks. Matt, when I hear this guy's questioning and insisting that it's important because he's famous, what I'm hearing is you're unvaccinated and you speak to a lot of people, and I think that's bad, and I have some sort of duty to remind you that this is bad. Is that the same vibe you get? Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the AIDS walk episode of Seinfeld <laughs> when Kramer wouldn't wear the ribbon. You won't wear the ribbon? Why won't you wear the ribbon? And it's just, it's kind of gross. It's just like the, the, the arrogance that this reporter thinks that he could just demand this because Kyrie is a public figure. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of, it speaks to uh, this cultural moment. There it is. There's a clip. There's a clip. <laughs> you have to wear the ribbon. But you have to wear the ribbon. <laughs> That's why I don't, I don't want to wear the ribbon. Says. You're a ribbon bully, I believe he also uh -huh. says. Um, I'll wear the mask. I'll isolate, but I don't want to take the vaccine. You don't want to take the vaccine? Why don't you want to take the vaccine? It's true. It's all around nonsense. now. They could make an episode of it. Louis Brackpool, uh, what kind of messaging? Like, why do these people and maybe producer, we could bring up the Dana White clip because he had sort of a same thing. Same thing happened from yeah, one of the reporters, mainstream media ones, probably not a real MMA reporter. But what kind of think what, what do you think the person asking these questions is thinking as to why they have to constantly ask these questions? What compels them to have to ask these seemingly obvious questions? Because we've heard Kyrie Irving talk about this in length already. It could be a multiple of things, mate. I think um, I, I want to lean towards the side of the mind sort of, uh, sort of way because these people have been hammered into them for, for almost two years that um, you know they're doing a good thing by calling these people out. Who, who happened to make a different life choice to them. And um, yeah, I think, it, I think I'm leaning towards that. Also payment. I think a lot of people um, pay these, these kind of journalists to, uh, to ask these, these questions because unfortunately COVID vaccinations are the main topics. So, you know, they found out a player or an athlete is unvaccinated. That's, that's got to be top news now. So, you know, they, they go in and then just ask the same questions over and over and over again and almost guilt trip and try to make the person feel bad when they've just made a different life choice. And it's, it's, it's disgusting to watch because I would have thought that by now, two years down the line, two and a bit years down the line after, you know, the, the pandemic hit, um, that people would sort of go their own separate way now and go, okay, um, I don't want. I don't want three shots or I don't want four shots. I don't want a shot at all. Like that's up to you. That's down to you. You're an individual. You make your own choices. But it seems to me this strange almost culture now, this, this strange cult like mentality of people who just want to just try and ask all the, the same questions over and over again. Like, why aren't you taking it? But why? Like, aren't you, aren't you realizing that it's going to hurt people? It's going to hurt other people. You're not doing it for yourself. You're, you're ignorant. You're this, you're that. And it's just, it's so boring to to hear now. Um, just let people now just, just do what they want in terms of, of medical freedom. Like, you know, why, why would anyone, why would that even convince anyone anyway? That's what I want to know. What is making them go, do you know what? I'm saying this um, to Dana White or, or um, to that player we just um, just spoke about. Um, 
Like, do you do they really think that they're doing some sort of moral justice there by by just asking these same questions over and over again and belittling people? Like, do you really think that's going to convince someone to uh, to take the shot? I think we're we're too down the line now of um, of um, of convincing, and it's it's almost just right. Let's just let's just try and bully people into um, into taking something they don't want to take. Well, I think it's a, a fact of they think that this is the right thing to do, and it's something that they can take back and say, I questioned him. I was in the room, and I did the right thing by questioning him on this because the right mm. thing to do is for everyone to get vaccinated, even though we're up to four jabs a year in Australia, I see. Can we play some of the audio from that Dana White clip? And then I want to get to the crazy Quebec video before we leave. Basically, Dana White's talking about the monoclonal antibodies and ivermectin and how since he's talked about it, it's harder to find it. Let's bring up the volume on this. It's not too it's long. It's almost impossible now to get monoclonal antibodies. They're like, they're, 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 they're making it so you can't get them. You know, medicine that absolutely works, they're keeping from it. I don't want to get too political and start getting into all this shit, but ivermectin and, and monoclonal antibodies have been around for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, you can't, you can't dig them up to save your life. The doctors won't give them to you. You know, and even when I did it, when I did it h h here in Vegas, which was however many weeks ago that I had it, like right before Christmas, I think, or something. Yeah, I made one phone call and was able to get to get it done. And that's not like some fucking rich, famous guy shit. Like anybody could have could have called and, and you know, because that's what everybody always throws at me. Yeah, of course you can fucking make a phone call and get it. Bullshit. Everybody could have got it back then. Um, you know. Lene had it. Lene did monoclonal antibodies and did, did all that stuff. Everybody could get it. Now, you know, Rogan's been talking about it. Then I went crazy talking about it. You can't get those things to save your life now, literally. Are you, are you surprised at the backlash that people don't even want to allow you to discuss options and pretreatment? It's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's one of the craziest things that I've ever witnessed in my life. You know, and you're, we're, we're talk, I'm not talking about um, experimental drugs or things that you said. This stuff's been around. And they got the ivermectin. The you're guy a doctor? Won, the guy won the Nobel Peace Prize. You're a doctor? Huh? You're a doctor? No, but there's plenty See? of doctors there you go. that do. Uh, Here he comes. <laughs> I just have a question. Are you a doctor? No, but I, but, I, but I took them and they both work for me. So why shouldn't I be able to take them again? Or other people? I won't answer. No, no, come on, dive in. <laughs> we we do have a. Brain Why shouldn't we be able to take, take our them? Own right? You, you want to know what's scary? I bet I could get some fucking pain pills quicker than I could get monoclonal antibodies. No, not maybe. That's a fact. That's a fact. They fucking hand out pain pills like they like they're Tic Tacs. <laughs> you see, he had the question. He had his big moment. Are you a doctor? But he doesn't have anything to follow up. He's never actually had the conversation. I promise you. And that's, I also promise you that's not a real MMA writer. There's always these guys from like, you know, mainstream outlets that are very left wing and they've always complained to Dana White if he doesn't do something. Why are you letting, you know, the guy wear a MAGA hat? Don't you think that's divisive? Don't you think that's racist? Why are you doing, they always have these questions. These aren't questions from real, you know, UFC uh, MMA writers. It's always something like that. And it's really, it's fun, I think, to watch Dana be proven right within seconds. Yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. It's just like it's it's like the dog barking on command, you know. <laughs> like it's literally that. It's literally that simple. You bring up a good point. I I can't help but wonder 
how different our world would look if Trump had won the election and Democrats and liberals were anti-vax. How different would <laughs> well, the narrative as much look? As people... How 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 mm-hmm. vastly would information be disclosed? Because I mean, a part of our job, guys, is we we're covering you know the other side of the story. We're covering people that are getting injured and fired and all these things on, on literally on a daily basis. So there would be a, a huge unearthing of all of this information and it would be mainstream news, but instead it's left to, you know, guys like us to risk our necks to go out and bring these stories to everybody else. So I can't help but wonder how different things would look, how, you know, it's just interesting to think about. Sorry for the, the segue. I don't think there, be, there would be as many lockdowns in the U S and I don't think there would be any mandates like they could mandate it got rejected again. But um, as much as a vaccine pusher Trump became, I don't think there would have been a call for mandates for jobs. Before we go, I want to show this crazy video. There's no other way around it to say other than to say these kids from Quebec are brainwashed. They've turned into they've been turned into little fascists. And you're going to see what I'm talking about. And I want to come back and get Lewis's comments on that. Let's play that video, please. Pardon? One second. We can just make fun of Lewis until then. (laughs) (laughs) i knew that was coming of course you did what have you got uh what have i got let's see uh those potato chips that i paid like four dollars for a few months ago that i sent you the picture of they were good oh yeah 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 but like i don't i don't see how these brit there's a british store i went to you guys i don't see how it's going to survive it's like four dollars for a tiny bag of chips the Exchange rate and shipping fees are astronomical. I don't know. And there's more than one location, too. I don't know how these people plan to survive. Well, um, what I'll do, mate, I'll have a chat with the Queen, right? And I'll get that sorted for you. How about that? Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll speak with Justin Trudeau. I want to lower prices for all Canadians. Okay, this is a Quebec <laughs> show with children. That's the host, and their teacher is with them. And they ask them um, questions about what to do with unvaccinated people. Au vaccin, vous autres? Oui. Tous les deux, on a une seule dose. Ah oui? Puis est-ce que vous êtes d'accord, vous autres, avec la vaccination obligatoire? Oui. Oui? Oh. Ah oui, hein? Wow! On dirait que je les ai drillés, Julie. Oui. <rire> Puis qu'est-ce qu'on devrait faire avec les gens qui veulent pas se faire vacciner? On devrait euh, appeler la police. Ouh, oui. 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 S'ils n'ont pas leur vaccin, ça peut oh mettre God. beaucoup de personnes en danger. Fait comme le gouvernement est en train de faire en ce moment, il faut leur couper petite chose à petite. So they're fascists. They're applauding this guy with the mustache. Hold, can we get a freeze frame on him? Hold on. This just changed everything. Holy shit. Oh my God. He's got John Lennon 1972 glasses with a mustache that could only be described as pedophilic. And He's looking like Victor- Hipster Mr. Pringles or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's a funny. Yeah, you know so what? sad. Like they're saying we should call the police. Oh yes, Lee Lee. Yes, yes, of course. It's child abuse. Lewis, I why promise that, you. Why are all the crazy first... fascist? Why are all the crazy fascist politicians from Quebec? Like I don't Alexa, know. Claim, somebody claim your man's. Like this is not good. It's because people we don't understand them, them as much, so they can get away with saying the worst things. Lewis. As a mortal enemy to my people, the French, what's your reaction? <laughs> um, it's no surprise. And I know some people are going to think, what? But it's no surprise at all. I mean, wh- what do you expect? I mean, these people have been drilling 
this sort of rhetoric in in children and young adults for for a while now. So it's it, and in schools as well. So it's no surprise that that kids they handpicked two children to come on a show and be like, "You think we should lock up the unvaccinated?" And it's like, "Yeah, or we." Right, okay. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't shock me, really. If anything, it makes me laugh because you, you pointed out that, um, that strange-looking Pringles guy, uh, which, just, which just makes it funnier. Um, so if anything, it's, it's just a good bit of comedy for me. You know, you let things like that um, bother you. Yes, it, it is disturbing. Of course it is. You know, there's, there's no doubt about it that, you know, people, uh, children as well, are being brainwashed into thinking that um, people who don't want to take an experimental vaccine is somehow dirty or, you know, subhuman or that we should treat them differently. Um, of course that's disturbing. But you know what? You're, you know, at the end of the day, you'll get to a point now where all you can do is laugh or you can literally do is laugh. So, you know, I was about to say, thank God they're not, uh, they're not in charge, but <laughs> that would have been a bad comment. Eh? <laughs> I think first of all, we don't need children's opinions on anything political unless it's like no. something no. that's really affecting them, like the transgender issue. And I was going to say, I feel like you can get a panel of five kids to say yes, everything, no, no genders, and everything is is non-binary. Yeah. Like you can get them to agree with all that stuff easily. It's not hard to find children yeah. that are going to agree with you or say whatever you want them to say. And it is really, really, really weird. And the people on that show, yeah. including Mr. Pringle, should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> like, like, wow, you children agree with you. That's a great. That's yeah. a great uh, accomplishment for your argument. I could go on and, and yeah. talk about how great Pokemon is, and children would agree with me too. <laughs> we should model our government off the world of Pokemon. You know, just let the animals roam free. We'll have clones of people in every city running our operations. That's what we should. Matt Brevner looks so confused as we close up the show. I'm just, this, this is this whole thing just like hurts my heart because, like, let's be honest, guys, it's hate speech. Like, yeah, we're laughing about it, and it's nice that we can laugh about it, but this is like the general temperature of, of you know, civil conversations between reasonable, upstanding citizens. This is, this is, these are the conversations that people are having in their homes right now, that people who are unvaccinated, you know, unarmed raped, unforced to take some sort of experimental whatever the hell for whatever reason, and whatever reason is legitimate, that should be good enough. But, you know, this is a call to action. They should be separated from society. They should be jailed. They should be tarred and feathered. They should be humiliated. Like, that's not okay. And if, if this was any no. other minority in any sort of progressive society, this would be front page news, lock them away and throw away the key, put them in five years, uh, jail for five years, 10 years. Like, this is dangerous. This is very dangerous yeah. rhetoric. And I, re I, hope, I hope that we have a Canadian politician who actually is holding a seat who has the spine to call it what it is, because if this sort of stuff goes unchecked, like guys, we've all, we've all been through high school history, I'm assuming, but you know, it's like, it's the same story repeated over and over again. And I'm, my heart grieves for the state of our country and enough is enough of this stuff. Like before people start getting hurt, like really getting hurt. Yeah. I do agree with you, Matt. Um, sorry, I just wanted to jump in. Um, I do agree with you, Matt. And it's a shame that, um, they would resort to using children as their own sort of political pets to uh, to try and make a point. And um, you're right, it is sad. Um, I know, I think <laughs> the thing is, when you're demonized for so long, um, you know, I'm, I can imagine um, 
how you you must have been feeling as well, um, Matt. Obviously, after you released your single, and I'm guessing you've had or you've had overwhelming support from that. But um, I'm guessing you've had the few that have uh, you know really sort of ramped up the old uh, uh, the cognitive dissonance on you. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think laughter, mate, it's good medicine. So I'm going to say. So as much as times are bleak like that. Try and uh, yeah, try and stay positive, man. It's it, you know, we're in this together. As as cliche and as cringe as it sounds, so you know, you just got to take the take the piss out of them, and um, and that that could be used against them as well. You know, that's there forever now. These these clips don't go. <laughs> you know, that's on the internet forever. So you know, when um when things unfold, when the truth starts to unravel some more, they'll look back at that, and um, there'll be some accountability some form so i wouldn't worry about it everything would be cool pringles is going to take a massive white pill. hit um white pill <laughs> i'm noticing a lot like of people it. are starting to notice how bad canada is lately it, whether it's that we saw dave rubin sharing that shout out to dave rubin my first ever guest on my show um the con gay conversion therapy laws which of course aren't like when people see hear conversion therapy they think electroshocking and everything when it's like our laws are if you convince a person that they're not actually non-binary or not actually their natural gender you could go to jail i'm seeing a lot more people you know the way everybody sort of got exposed to australia people are now starting to get exposed to canada i feel like before we go we've got a few paid chats um m51 snowman just sent us five dollar which is nice so did nikki she sent us fifteen dollars Dilbo Baggins, Lord of the Rings reference, I see again. $10 to support the brave and talented journalists and producers at Rebel. $1 to the Andrew Chapados Friendship Fund. <laughs> Love from Getter. I don't know what that means. I'm wondering. I don't know what that means. Follow me on Getter. We're all on Getter, actually. Uh, so is Rebel News. I'm on there. Lewis is on there. Matthew Brevner's on there. I just passed 3,000 on there, which is huge, of course. <laughs> I mean, Getter has been nice. getting criticized, and they keep answering the criticism, which I think is a good thing. There I am, posting memes and commentary all over the place. <laughs> We're gonna. I want to close it out with Brevner's video again, but I want to give the final words to the UK. Lewis, speak to the Canadian <laughs> people. Tell us what's on your mind in 30 seconds or less, and then we'll close with the video. Cool. Um yeah, don't be don't be scared. I know things are, are going um, pretty sour at the minute over in Canada, from what I'm seeing. Um, but the truth will unravel. Just keep positive, and um, speak to your local Re Rebel News journalist, and they'll they'll be your therapist for a bit if they've got time, of course, because they're probably working a lot. So um, yeah, be cool. Everything's going to be fine. I promise. Thanks for watching, everybody. From Matt Brevner on the West. Lewis on the far east of the UK across the pond. Rebelnews.com slash live streams every single day. And of course, my show tomorrow night. You can catch Matt on videos with Drea and Lewis on his dating app videos. Lewis's <laughs> phone number is plus pound sign 53445 Thanks for watching, everybody. And I feel like tribute to David Menzies. Stay sane, everybody. No, I need my own my own tagline. I wouldn't lie to you, except for maybe this once. Play us out, producer Andrew. I can't help look around and feel like things are getting out of hand. I'll play the harmonies on this. We've been told to trust the science, but the science just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense.
reasons. What about Diddy? They say it uh-huh. isn't mandatory, but they also say you jab at your job. But if it doesn't stop the spread, it makes it feel like this is just a facade. What about the healthcare workers? What about the frontline nurses? How quickly we forget that they were working 18 hours a day. What about informed consent? What about due diligence? It seems a country that I used to call home is surely slipping away. I can't help but look around and feel like minds are slowly starting to change. Cause even if you're triple vaccinated, know that segregation isn't the way. Uh, uh, freedom is a choice and it's available to all if we choose. But first things first, you gotta turn off the news. Yo, what about the healthcare workers? What about the frontline nurses? How quickly we forget that they were working 18 hours a day. What about informed consent? What about due diligence? It seems the country that I used to call home is surely slipping away. Uh, if you're late to the party, there's plenty room at the table. This side don't discriminate. I'm calling on every single man, woman, child at the able. It's time to take the streets and liberate. But please don't be a part of the problem. Staying willfully ignorant, cause there's just way too much at stake. Yo, it's okay to change your mind, you can admit you were wrong Cause where there's perfect love, there ain't no shame uh. Heavenly Father, show me what I don't understand yet I got my marching orders, I don't fully know the plan yet Hold on to my Bible before bed, no, it ain't banned yet Did you know the makers of the vaccine make the Xanax? I would never lean on corporations for morality Cause they put their profits over people for their salaries I know they wanna make you bend the knee for your normality I know you feeling all alone, but in reality there's way more of us in them. There's way more of us than 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 them. There's way more of us. There's way more of us than them.